Assurance of Pardon is sponsored by Logos Bible Software, the most advanced Bible study tool for both ministers and laypeople. Available on iOS and Android for phones and tablets, as well as on your Windows or Mac computer or laptop. Get the most of your time in the scriptures with Logos Bible Software. For more information and 15% off your next Logos package plus five free ebooks, visit assuranceofpardon.com slash logos. Now on with the show. Welcome to Assurance of Pardon, a podcast about the gospel, the Bible, the church, what it all means, and why it all matters. I'm Scott Davis, pastor of Hope Presbyterian Church in Hot Springs, Arkansas. I'm Gage Jordan, senior pastor of First Presbyterian in Dyersburg, in Dyersburg, Tennessee. Gage, uh, our listeners cannot cannot see what we see, but here at the Assurance of Pardon World Headquarters, everybody has on party hats, uh, and it, it is a festive situation here because this is the four-year anniversary of the Assurance of Pardon podcast. If this podcast uh, was a college student, it would be graduating now. Well, it, assuming it was a assuming it was a college student that applied itself and did all its work. So maybe uh, maybe if Assurance of Pardon was a college student, it would be more on the five and a half six year plan. Nonetheless, uh, January 9th of twenty twenty was when we posted our very first episode of Assurance of Pardon. That's absolutely right. So really, we're four years old today. So we're not a college student. We're more entering into the pre-K phase. So that's, that's true. We're, that's we, true. We've gone we're... from to- toddling around to, um, you know, now we're we're potty trained and and we're we're excited for for kindergarten. Yeah, we're a podcast that just learned its colors and its shapes. That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, uh, we we are wanted to do a special uh, reflection episode. Uh, to let our our listeners know how much we appreciate them and uh, spend a little bit of time talking about um, why we started the podcast, what the most popular episodes have been, uh, what sort of um, download numbers uh, and locations we've had, some of our favorite moments, and talk about how the podcast has ministered to people. Um, so, um, Gage, uh, t- share with us a little bit about um, why we started the podcast. Yeah, I know, you know, we we joke with people all the time. We we hang out with with um guys who have whole whole recording studios and they have nice equipment. I know we joke about having a world headquarters, uh but you'll you'll be surprised to know it's really just two pastors in our office on a Zoom call. But um you know, we this podcast, Scott, if you remember is um came from a phone conversation for, with you and I. We were both uh, living in Arkansas at the time. I was interning at Christchurch Conway. Um, and in Arkansas, same thing with Tennessee. Uh, unless unless you're from historically um, Presbyterian-rich areas like South Carolina or mm-hmm. Mississippi, parts of Alabama, um, a lot of people aren't familiar with what a Presbyterian is. And then even in our context, despite the fact that there, you know, in the early two thousands, that was what's called the young restless reformed movement with the rise of YouTube and, you know, Mars Hill became a thing and, and, and John Piper and Paul Washer and all the, all these guys and these conferences started sparking up everywhere, like the passion conference and together for the gospel and others. 
despite that big wave of reformed-ish theology, um, a lot of people in our context in the South aren't familiar with what reformed people believe, what we believe as Presbyterians. They're, they they get Presbyterians and Pentecostals confused a lot, or they think we're basically you know Catholic light because we have a liturgy and sometimes our guys wear robes. Um, and we have, have confessions to sin and things like that. So we wanted to create a, it started through kind of a phone conversation through a series of, of kind of dialogues about creating a podcast that the average person, um, coming to our church, maybe unfamiliar with what a Presbyterian or Reformed person believes could listen to it, not feel like they had to have read a systematic theology to understand our, our podcast and could gather what it is that we believe and why it is that we believe it. So we started, and our motto has always been, it's a podcast about the Bible, the church, what it all means, and why it all matters. And here, here's the fun part, Scott, you, you shared before we got on the on the show. It's snowing at your place right now in Hot it Springs. Um, I don't know if you remember this or not. I was working full-time at the time for Dave Creek Media and going to seminary. And it um, had snowed. And so basically we were off work enjoying a, a snow day. And I drove over the hot springs um, in the snow <laughs> and, and recorded the first podcast with you. So it's kind of fun that it's snowing in hot springs today on our first, fourth birthday party. But uh, that's that was the hope is we wanted cr- to create a podcast about the Bible, the church, what it all means, and why it all matters, so that the next time someone that goes to our church or goes to another Reformed church could say, you know, what does it mean to be a Presbyterian? You could just hand, you know, hey, check out this show, um, and these guys uh, can help explain to you why we do the things that we do. Yeah, uh, as as two guys who are both ministers in uh, a conservative Presbyterian denomination, and as two guys who uh, at some point in our life were Baptist and sort of broadly evangelical, we know what that was like to go from being a, a Baptist or an Arminian or or a um, broad evangelical with no real sort of firm categories uh, about our theology. We know what that process was like, what it felt like, what the what the the road bumps that we hit along the way what do you mean you baptize babies what do you mean you have uh what is the regulative principle what what is all of this stuff mean why why do you why do you practice the lord's supper as frequently as you do why all these responsive readings why these old hymns why this fascination with with calvin and luther and knox and and uh so on and so forth. We we know what that was like, and so what we want to do is we want to come alongside people who are uh, presby curious, um, and That's a good way to put that, and walk them through some of these things and give uh, an apology for it. And um, w- that was our goal. That was our goal when we started four years ago, and that's our goal now. Um, which brings up a topic I mentioned being broadly evangelical. Um, Gage, the the phrase you, you will hear the word evangelical used by a number of people, and what unfortunately, when you hear that word used, it it doesn't they don't always mean the same thing by it. 
there is a proper word that that a proper historic definition, the evangelion, that that, it, that we are gospel, we are people who believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's a a right understanding of what it means to be an evangelical. And when our when our our one of our favorite preachers, Ligon Duncan, uses evangelical frequently, and he does, we know what he means by it, and we say yes and amen. But then there is a uh, another meaning of evangelical that we will hear from maybe on on CNN, a reporter talking about evangelicals, and they mean it to be somebody who identifies as a Christian, um, or they mean it to be they will use it as a as a synonym for christian nationalist as anybody who 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 votes republican as anybody from a red state like it's just it they they they, they uh, attach onto it all sorts of other things that have absolutely nothing to do with the the word evangelion um and so what, what we have found is that using the word evangelical broadly to say we are evangelical is not always helpful unless you're willing to uh, to give a, a lot of explanation as to what you mean by that because most people think evangelical means republican that's right and and uh, listen we we're not saying there's anything wrong with being a republican we're just saying right. that it, the word evangelical has a meaning and it has it's not it's not a mean it doesn't mean red state republican that's true. And and I think I would add, uh, let me give our listeners a couple of books, right, um, to kind of help give some points of reference here. First would be a book by, uh, and it's actually the 100th anniversary this last year, by Jay Gresham Machen called Christianity and Liberalism. And in that book, one of the, the kind of the premise that, that Machen wants to unpack is this idea that Hey, in the in the world of church and in the American church, um, there we're using the churches are using the same language, but we don't mean the same things, just because we're using the same words. Now, C.S. Lewis in his book *Mere Christianity* would say, "Well, hey, then the then the word doesn't mean anything anymore. If we, if we can constantly change the definition, then it, the word kind of becomes pointless." But Machen's point is still true that, hey, it, it matters that we are talking about the same things. And when when you and I are talking about theology and what it is that we believe and why it is that we believe it and what it what it means that someone become a Christian, how do they become a Christian? What does it mean to, to have faith? What does it mean to repent? What does it mean to walk out this faith as a Christian? We mean something significantly different than what you're going to get in your average uh, run-of-the-mill box store church uh, with right. all the light, lights and smokes and, and, and mirrors um, because um, that's going to be very decisionistic, right? Here's what I mean by that. They're always going to push you towards some sort of decision. Either you've got to walk an aisle and pray a prayer and get baptized for the fifth time because this time you really, really, really mean it. Uh, last time you just kind of really, really meant it. Um, or you know, you're going to get recommitted again. So you're re going to recommit, commit, right? And it's all based off of kind of this 
movement towards decision where then they can put numbers up on the scoreboard. Hey, we had this event and this, we know that this event was successful because we had this many decisions and that comes historically from a place, right? That comes from guys like Charles Finney during what's called the second great awakening, which is a movement in America around the 1800s. Um, and we notice about that time that this idea of and it, and this, this, these stats and this information, uh, another great book I would commend to you is a book called reformed and evangelical. Um, during that time period, you saw kind of a split in, in, in American church where the reformed guys are going to say, Hey, we, we think what you need, the only thing you need in church is what's called the ordinary means of grace, the scriptures, prayer, and the sacraments, baptism and the Lord's Supper. And this is what makes up a worship service. And this is what may, what it means to, to you should have a doctrinal statement that tells you what you believe called a confession. And you should teach it to your people in a question and answer format called catechisms. And this is what it means to, to be a Christian. Historically, this is what it's meant to be a Christian for the majority of church history. But then you saw this split about the Second Great Awakening into evangelicals who changed it from being gospel-centered to evangelicals are based around a decision that you're making all the time. Um, and so it became way more personal. So fast forward to 2020, 20, uh, around the time of the pandemic, you see this de-church, de deconstruction movement happen while, when everybody's isolated to where the things we already believed as Americans being super individualistic people um, forces you now to really ramp up to 11 this desire that it, that to be a Christian is just my own personal walk. Me and Jesus got our own thing going, not historically what the church has always believed. And that's, that's one of the things that motivated the show. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so you'll hear us, you'll hear us often contrast uh, our views as reformed uh, ministers over and against evangelicalism, not because we think that evangelicalism is wrong. We just think that what most people mean by it when they employ that phrase is not necessarily the historic definition of it. So, uh, Gage, we've talked about why we started the podcast. I want to share with some of our listeners um, um, what some of our most popular episodes have been. Um, and uh one of our our most popular episode uh, was in season five, and that was when we interviewed fifteen uh, seventeen uh, scholar in residence Chad Bird, our Hebrew scholar friend, uh, about his book The Christ Key. That was uh, that episode was two years ago, and no episode before that or since then has has garnered the number of downloads that that one has gotten. Um, We've had Chad on the podcast two or three times, actually, and it's always uh, good having him. And anytime we can go out on our social media and say we had Chad Bird on, <clears throat> he has enough of a some name recognition uh, in the on the interwebs that uh, mm -hmm. he's going to draw a lot of traffic and and hopefully uh, some new listeners for us. So that's one of our our top episodes. Uh, second was. Season five, episode nine, um, seeing uh, uh, Jesus in the book of Exodus. That was a little bit of a surprise for me uh, that that uh, 
that that was a popular one. And then um, when we interviewed in 2021, when we interviewed uh, Gretchen Ronovic, another 1517 author on her book uh, or on spiritual disciplines for the spiritually exhausted. Um, Gage, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so Gretchen's a, a good friend of the podcast and, and of ours. And every time we you hear us talk about going to Northwest Arkansas or going to uh, San Diego for the 1517 conference and us riding for 1517, um, when we go out there, we're, we're hanging out with Chad and Gretchen. They're, they're, they're friends, and they're, those are our, our um, token Lutheran friends. And um, <laughs> We have several. The, the, that's right. And we, I think it's more likely to say we're their token Presbyterian friends. Oh, without a doubt. You know, when we were in San Diego this last time, um, Dan, Daniel Emery Price on purpose, I think, sat, sat us next to Jared C. Wilson just so the Presbyterians and the Baptists could have their own row and they could kind of keep up with, with where they are for, for the sake of their jokes. But, um, you know, we love Gretchen because she wrote a, that book, Gragged. Um, and it's been such a life-giving book in our family, in our church. Our, our ladies' ministry is actually going through the book right now. We're we're thrilled to have Gretchen come out in the spring uh, this year and do a do a women's retreat coming up um, because of how uh, impactful and gospel rich the book was. Uh, so we were we were thankful to have her on the podcast. And she, you know, as much as Chad does carry a following, she's not very far behind him on the downloads uh, content uh, of, of really honestly how much what we were talking about when it comes to spiritual disciplines, like Bible reading and prayer and meditation and scripture memory and and other, other things, how those can end up feeling like law instead of gospel. And, and the, the problem isn't with the spiritual disciplines, the problems with our hearts, uh, and and so um, it was helpful uh, to hear her share her heart uh, through writing the book. Yeah. Um, so uh, each of those episodes got uh, over 2000 downloads, um, which is, listen, by no means Joe Rogan level That's right. um, download. <laughs> um, yes. It, it's it's really fascinating. Occasionally Buzzsprout, the, uh, our, our hosting partner that we use for a, Assurance of Pardon will send these emails out showing us where where your podcast ranks compared to all the other podcasts that they host. And and what's fascinating is a a little bitty mom and pop podcast like ours ours will 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 be in like the top 12% of all podcasts that they host. Sure. I think that's primarily because there's just so many podcasts where there's only where some they start it. They only do upload a few episodes. They mm-hmm. don't stick to it, and they have a very small listenership because you've got mm-hmm. the the big the whale in the bathtub that is that is Joe Rogan and some of those enormously huge ones, and then everything below that, and that they're in first place. And the distance between them and everybody else is just cataclysmic. Um, but but. To, to date, uh, the Assurance of Pardon podcast has received 80,244 downloads, uh, and and we, we, we get those downloads from, surprisingly, uh, all over the world. Um, 90% of them are coming from North America, but we've got um, listeners in, in Australia and South America and Africa and Asia, 
And it, it's always fascinating to see that there are people in every corner of the globe that are listening to this little podcast. And and you would think, you know, um, how many of those are bots? How many of those are fake listeners? But I've actually had, I've got friends overseas, uh, missionary friends who will send text messages from time to time. Hey, listen to this episode, really resonated with it, really appreciate it. Um, you know, or I didn't, you know, didn't even know you guys had a podcast, just stumbled upon this. It was great to connect with you again. So excited uh, for what you guys are doing. Um, and so those things matter, right? I, I got a text message this week from a church member who was listening to an early podcast um, and and shared some of the, the ways in which it was speaking to her, her heart. I, I do think it's funny as we think about these downloads and weekly downloads, because uh, we get those those stats every week. You can tell about the time that we all ended up kind of in isolation uh, with, with COVID and we didn't, there wasn't a lot to do besides listen to podcast um, because about November of 2021 or so there's a massive spike in our data compared to kind of the the average median flow uh, of downloads uh, from, from the start of um, the podcast till now. Um, and I, I think that's, that's funny because you can tell about the time of like, Oh, here's when we were all working from home and when the world shut down, <laughs> when the world shut down, listening to podcasts. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're super thankful for, for that. Another, you mentioned, you know, Chad Bird and you mentioned Gretchen. Another great episode we got to record was with, uh, uh, a, a Duggar, uh, child, uh, and and got to got to listen listen to her and uh, hear her Ginger book. Wallow. That's right. Uh, and I I think that one honestly scored more personal points in my household than it did uh, any anything else. Obviously, it was the most popular episode on Spotify for us, uh, and, and kind of blew up. Uh, in in that that regard, it was the largest data we've had on YouTube. Um. <laughs> because of her following and their story. But it, even in my house, I scored some extra points because uh, my wife and her friends are huge uh, ginger fans um, <laughs> and have read, read her books and, and watched the show back in the day and watched the documentaries. Uh, so we were thankful to have ginger on the, on the show. And uh, I've read, you know, having read her book uh, it's gospel rich, just like uh, the other books uh, that we've committed to you. Um, so we were thankful to hear how how God has worked in her life and her husband's life and and their their ministry at John MacArthur's church and and other other things. Uh, but we were thankful to have her on the show, and that's I think that's been um, really Scott some of some of the, the the most exciting parts of having the podcast. You know, sometimes we we go out on a limb and ask somebody to to be on our show, right? Um, like for example, you know, we had, uh, Miles Van Pelt on the show, who is kind of the known professor at RTS Jackson who produced the, the textbook on studying Hebrew. Uh, we had Miles on the show at one point in time. We've had distilling theology on the show. We we've had Theo Cash on the show, other guys. Um, sometimes we go out on a limb and just see if someone would be interested in being on the show. And when that, when they say yes, we're just excited as the listener is to have them on the show. And I think the, probably the most fun and, and you tell me what you think about this, Scott, the, the most fun is when we get someone on the show, like for example, a Greg Kokel or a Chad bird or others 
uh, who are really, really smart people uh, and know a lot about the scriptures and, 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 and have a lot of experience to bring to the table. And we kind of get to ask them questions and then we get to sit back and listen and let them kind of take off. Uh, Cause I think we learn as much uh, d- recording the podcast uh, new information and, and new new ways to study the scripture or think about culture or wh- whatever as, as our listeners who get to listen to the podcast after after it's posted um yeah you know amen yeah i think i think uh, chad bird uh, uh, greg kokel um they, they are kind of like a, a really impressive wind-up car like you just wind them up and put them in front of the microphone and they're going to they're going to say really good stuff. And all, all you have to do is, is just sort of get out of their way. Occasionally ask another question, which is kind of winding it up again and, and let your listeners uh, hear what they have to say. So that's been, that has been uh, some of my favorite moments as well. We enjoyed having ginger. Uh, the ginger Volo episode was my favorite one as well, because at the time that we recorded that she had a, her book was on the New York times bestseller list and, and was getting a, a whole lot of, of buzz, around the around the world and and that's why that episode's been one of the more popular ones for us so um i wanted to share a little bit about how the the podcast has ministered to people we frequently get um emails from people around the world who have questions that they share with us or or have better yet just have uh, ways in which this particular episode has been particularly helpful uh, one of them would be an RUF, which is a campus ministry in our denomination, Reformed University Fellowship, a college campus ministry. I had a, I've had an RUF campus minister share with me how uh, he has given some of our season one stuff on liturgy, given that to college students who are new to Presbyterianism and that they found it super helpful. So that's one of the ways that we've been really encouraged uh, by seeing how both people outside of our own contexts as well as in our own church have have been have benefited from some of the some of the ways in which we're trying to make reform theology accessible and understandable and and Scott didn't at one point in time your elders were suggesting we use the episodes for Sunday school curriculum for yeah, your church. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we 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 we've talked about that. We've talked about having having uh having Sunday school curriculum where the, the, the members can listen to it during the week. And then we have a discussion around it or we play it in, in Sunday school. We haven't done that. Um, I don't know if we will, but, um, but it, it's, it's been, it definitely has been something where on Sunday morning at church, I will have folks who, uh, who say that they've, that, that they've appreciated the, the most recent episode that we've uploaded. So it, it has benefited, uh, folks, not just outside of of our local church, but folks in our in our congregations as well. It's given us another t- another chance to sort of speak into their ears during the week. Absolutely, you know. So historically, um, the Reformed faith has always been really good about uh, figuring out whatever the latest technology is and uh, utilizing that technology for the benefit of the spread of the gospel. It. it the printing press actually was invented about the same time as the start of the Reformation. Um, so by the time Martin Luther nails 95 uh, theses to the wall of the Church of Wittenberg to start a debate with the, the Roman Catholic Church, that's he also has mass-produced his papers 
uh, and his articles. Uh, now we would see him as blogs, right? And social right, media that's posts. Right. Um, and he's kind of pushed those all over the place. And then um, after the rise of the printing press, uh, eventually radio becomes a thing. And our, our reformed guys are able to utilize radio uh, as a as a means of production, you guys like Gr- Jay Gresham mentioned. I mentioned him earlier. Has a radio ministry uh, to to get the gospel message out. Uh, Billy Billy Graham utilizes that um, as and then TV. You see guys get on TV and start recording their uh, either shows or Bible studies or, or um, their record- sermons. Or their sermons, right? Their church yep. services. Um, and now podcasting, although it feels like everybody and their mom has a podcast now, but podcasting, it really is the latest means by which information is is given, whether it's a, a live recording that you post on YouTube and have a YouTube channel that people subscribe to or excerpts of it that are cut and put on TikTok or, or Facebook Live or whatever. Um, these are the platforms, the means by which uh, technology is given, and we're we're receiving information um, lately, good, bad, and otherwise. So it, it's imperative that the church utilize technology as a vehicle to get the gospel out. And so we we we've been really excited to 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 be a part of that and see that minister to other people, whether it's new Christians, whether it's people uh, in there in college, whether it's churches, whether it's missionaries. Uh, or or others that have been able to kind of figure things out. In fact, uh, one of the staff members that we have at our church, um, our our youth director, he actually shared that one of the reasons he applied for the job when I moved into senior pastor is because he was listening to our podcast. Uh, so our, our podcast our podcast helped helped us hire somebody. Um, so that, that was, that was not on my bingo card, um, for, for, uh, the start of this, but that's, that's been kind of a, a cool, um, re- result of it. Uh, what about Scott, some goals, where, do, where do we go from here? What's, what's, what's some goals that we have for 2024? Well, I think one of our goals is, uh, we, is to, uh, continue what we have been doing, uh, to, to be, uh, to be innovative and in thinking about, about, topics for a uh, new new seasons or new episodes to um try to be as consistent as as the providence of god will allow us in recording episodes uh we appreciate the the patience of people uh, one of the one of the difficulties of being a uh, a a pastor of a small church and a husband and a father um and and producing podcast content is just being able to fit all that in and make all that work, and so that's right. Um, that that has been one of our our challenges, and so our our hope is to is to by God's grace be more consistent in that way, and then continue to continue to put out content that's that's doing what we intended from the start, and that is making the gospel clear, making liturgy clear, making the reformed faith. Um, uh, accessible and helping people see that we believe we believe this, and we're laboring in this area because we believe it's biblical. Absolutely, I, I think another tangible goal that we have. You know, oftentimes people will tell you at the beginning of the year when you're setting your goals for the year, set set realistic goals. We're in Jeremiah right now in our uh, seeing Jesus in all the Old Testament series. Um, and, uh, we're, 
hopefully going to finish the Old Testament in 2024. That's going to be a goal uh, for ours. I know we've we've done some different things. um, And so I think that's that's a tangible goal is to try to um, finish the Old Testament uh, in in 2024. Um, Yep. So absolutely. Well, folks, we uh, we we uh, appreciate you giving us a little bit of time to hear us uh, talk about uh, the goodness of God and celebrate um, the the way that He's been using this meager little podcast um, for the work of the kingdom. We hope uh, the podcast has been encouraging to you. Um, we've done about a hundred and three, a hundred and four episodes in the last four years, and we're going. We're committed to continuing to churn out more material. So, if this has been helpful to you. Um, like, rate, and share this podcast with a friend. Uh, subscribe and um, let us know if we have any questions. Absolutely. You can always hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. One thing we also will try to do in 2024 is um, be better web website managers <laughs> and, and, and respond uh, as quickly as we can. Uh, but if, if for some reason you send us any, a, a message or something and we don't respond as quickly as we we would hope um, you can always find us personally on on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, other places, uh, and, and send us a message and, and reach out. We'd love to hear from you, we, and we'd love to hear feedback. If there's other things that you want to to know about an episode you wish we could cover, uh, we would always welcome that feedback. And I'd love to hear from you. And until next time, this is the Truth of Parting. God bless.